We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time now for the WEEI Producers Show on WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. This is the WEEI Producer Show right here on Boston Sports Original. WEEI, Sean, Lanny, Garvin with you on this crisp and beautiful Saturday morning here in the month of December. We're closing in only nine days from Christmas. Billy, Lanny, how are we feeling? Doing all right. Yourself? I am wonderful. Ryan Garvin. Hi, how guys. What's Good up? morning. Crisp, beautiful day. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It's the first day I had to use the defrosters on my windshield, which mm. I didn't enjoy, but I also don't have to wake up as early in the morning every day as you guys do. Nope, you definitely don't. Sun's usually hopefully been up by a couple, for a couple of hours at that point. Yeah, but you know, it's okay because uh, last night here in the city of Boston, we got not one, but two wins. Out of our local teams, the winners. We were sports. very positive before the show today as we were spitballing what we wanted yeah, to talk about. Felt weird. Yeah. Normally, a uh, lot, of, lot of anger, a lot of, a lot of hate sometimes. Just Ryan you know? versus the chair. Yeah, true. Yeah, that like was the only chair. negativity. It's... Ryan versus the chair this morning. You lean on the armrest and then you Collapses. fall out of the chair. That's I'm tough. I'm going to have a lawsuit with this building. They've, they've been here for a while, those chairs. I can understand why they got left behind. Why would you want a chair where the armrest doesn't Ooh. hold you in? Uh, left behind rejoin, please. Thank you. The one in the the one in the control room there that, like, Curtis, myself, and Akin for a while was just permanently, like, reclined. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Like, you know Every what it night was? I'd and come then, in, I'd go, what did Lanny do to this and no, chair? And then it was, I was like, what the hell happened to this? And at one point, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to switch it with one in the other room. It's incredible. I'm like, what the hell happened? Play musical like, chairs. Like, it's still held in but stuff, but, like, you know, it was literally leaning back. Bent. It is musical direction. chairs, though, because it's just like, no, nobody wants to actually fix anything. No, you just no, move no. it to the side and Fixing go, it's someone else's problem. Someone else's problem. Yeah. Mendel's has bigger issues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's dealing with, like, a, um, a rat in a studio or something, you know. People drilling holes oh in the God. back. Frozen pipes. Right. They have been drilling into this building for the last two weeks, so all you hear as you're working is... For it's, like a, it's like a metronome. Weeks At least there's a rhythm straight, to it. Straight, nonstop. <laughs> I died the other. I'm listening to Fourier walk down the hallway. Now we've already had seven consecutive days of just banging as they're drilling into the parking lot. Fourier goes, "Does anybody else hear that banging?" <laughs> 
I hadn't noticed that before. Like, are you kidding me? Because he's the one person who's louder than the bagging. It's all It's kind of nice. I get out of here before they start bagging. Uh, Yeah, no, it's too cold and too early and too dark for them to start drilling into bedrock. Do that during my show. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Anytime. Uh, The Boston Bruins won last night against the New York Islanders 5-4 to to shoot out. Your Boston Celtics won over the Orlando Magic 128-111. Let's start with the Bruins. Yes. Uh, I mean, the... The two words that need to come out of your mouth when you're talking about this game is Linus Olmark. Like, it's like that save he made. Uh, Three with words, his... Linus effing Olmark. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the save he made with his big toe I'll never, it was remarkable. He was completely out of the crease. and all He stretched his left leg as literally as far as he could go, got a piece of it. They went down the other end, immediately put the puck in the net. Uh, and, and that kind of was a big momentum shift for them, I felt like. In you that could game. say it was the save of the year candidate, or you could say the guy completely choked on an opportunity to bury a puck in a wide open net. No. I am going to say it was a very, very impressive save. Timely. Uh, it's These are the kinds of things that you want to see from a hockey team at this point in the year where it's like, okay, we've been playing some games now. Uh, do we know who we are? Because that always seems to be a, a, a big discussion point with Jim Montgomery is what kind of identity does this team have? And I think that happens so much because he shifts those lines around yeah. constantly. And and you were playing in this game shorthanded, right? No Charlie McAvoy, uh, no Pavel Zaka. Mm-hmm. So, like, your lines are a little bit weird. You have Jesper Boquist playing in this game. It, it's... It, it, no Matthew Potra, he was a healthy scratch, I believe, last night. Like a day, I think it was a scheduled day off for him. So you're playing with a couple, uh, without a couple of your normal guys here, and you still come out and you fight your way uh, after starting down two, fight your way back and end up winning this game in a shootout. Yeah, it was a good game. It was because again he went down two, came back to score two. Third period, which has been kind of you know a little bit of an issue for the Bruins, but it was. Islanders goal, Bruins goal, Islanders goal, Bruins goal, and then overtime was good, and then the show shootout was the same way back and forth. It was such a, it was just a good game because again, boom, you two, you score, we score, you score, we score. Almak makes a save, great game. If you're gonna have a regular season game like that at this point in the year where it's mid December and you're starting to you know get into it's a little grindy. They're actually playing more games instead of having you know five consecutive days off, and then they're back for a Saturday before being off for three days and playing then. Would you rather it be this, or do you want two goaltenders just you know in a uh, you know a duel right now, and it's zero zero, and you're sweating out uh, you know what will ultimately be a game that doesn't really matter as much as it might. No, you want this game for sure, and and it's it's not only do you get the excitement of the goals that are scored, like there was still good goaltending, right? You don't have to have a a one to one nothing nothing game to have good goaltending. Like Linus Olmark was still really good in this game, even though the Islanders scored four goals. So. Uh, I think for for a team that, uh, as you actually pointed out earlier about the other Boston team, this team has given the Bruins some fits uh, in recent history mm-hmm. every once in a while. So to see them come out, get a win here, uh, and have to battle back after being down in the hole 2-0 uh, was really, really good. And then you move over to the Boston Celtics, a 128-111 win over the Orlando Magic. Again, banged up, no Kristaps Porzingis in this game, like, no Horford. No Horford. No Cornette. No Cornette. And they come out, and Tatum drops 30. Pritchard gets 21 off the bench. Uh, it, they they just they, they owned this game. It So 
The Orlando Magic is a team that I have been looking at for, I think, about three seasons now. This might be the fourth where I'm going, they're going to be an obnoxious team someday. And I think this is that day where they're starting to lean into that scrappy, you know, a lot of high draft picks, but there's some talent on that team. And for whatever reason, they have had the Boston Celtics number for at least a year plus now, where every time the Celtics play them, they never seem to be able to beat them. And I mean, it's a good team. You know, Ben Caro is, you know, got drafted really high in a draft that I don't know if it was super deep. The Wagner brothers play well. I like them. And I think they will be a good team, like maybe a top five Eastern Conference team at some point. But as you were saying, Shime, you go into that game, you got no Porzingis, you've got no Horford, and it's the second night of a back-to-back. Jalen Brown, I know, is questionable going into that game. And they really showed me something there, much like the Bruins showed me something last night as well. This Celtics team very much reminds me of last year's Bruins team at home. They just dominate. They don't don't lose at home. See, we were talking to uh, Scal yesterday on Jones and Mego with Arkan. It was a Friday appearance. He had some stuff going on Wednesdays. We talked to him yesterday. And he pointed out how interesting that this game was going to be for two reasons. One, the home record is important considering how bad. And maybe, you know, you forget at this point. And that's okay because it was like six months ago. The Boston Celtics were a terrible home team in the playoffs. If you, and I almost feel like it is a point of contention with Joe Missoula to go, we have to dominate at home because that is something that really ended up hurting us a lot last year. So you guys go out and you make it your mission every night we play in this building to destroy the other team. Well, and it, Jason Tatum even made comment about it after the game, was it two nights ago, I think it was, or something like that? He said, he's like, you know, we, we talk, we've had some issues at home, especially like last year in the playoffs and stuff. We didn't want to have that this year. We came out, when our fans are in this building, we want to we want to show off oh, and we you. want to be good. I and, appreciate that, Jason. And, and they, but they have been. They're 13-0. and 0. Like, they dominate at home. And that's the stuff that's going to separate you from the rest of the pack. So you got a home-and-home uh, with Cleveland, another team that they had their struggles with last year, and then Orlando, who I just you know documented they have had issues with. And the other thing that Scout brought up, which was I thought was interesting, was that this is going to be a test for the smaller lineup because you go in there with no centers, and even Missoula's like, well, we could play Tatum at center, I guess. Um, this also was a nice test to see if they can find another way to win. And these are the things that you're looking for in championship teams. I've been in with the Celtics. The Bruins, unfortunately, I'm not going to give the benefit of the doubt to yet because I saw how well they played last year, and I'm still not ready to get emotionally involved like I am with this Celtics team. But I think it's a good point, you know, when you're probably a quarter through the season at this point, maybe a little more in the Bruins' case. um, it's, It's a good place to be right now is is at the top of your conference looking down at the rest of the teams as far as the Celtics go I think it's like the Bucks are right behind them and then the Western Conference it's Minnesota but even Minnesota uh, is I think only one game behind them and then Correct. I think the Bruins are a couple points behind I don't know off the top the Rangers, of Rangers I think yeah, the, uh is it uh, yeah, no they, they the passed the Rangers last night oh, right. it was, it, Las Vegas uh your golden night chime who uh, really uh, helped screwed you out me last night. night oh I'm sorry they screwed you last night um 
it's a good place to be right now in December. So if you are going to have games where you don't have Porzingis, if you're going to have games where you don't have Charlie McAvoy, and it sounds like they're not going to have Charlie McAvoy for a little bit, or Pavel Zaka, who has been really, really He's good. Been awesome. And, you know, you're never going to replace, replace, replace what Patrice haha, brought you last year. But... Pavel Zaka getting extended to what he did. I know I was a little skeptical at the time. He's really fit well into this team, and I think has sort of been, you know, an unsung hero uh, as to how they have been able to string together a nice season so far. So being, you know, uh, twenty three and twenty eight games into each season, you've kind of you've you've been more than a quarter, almost a third of the way into the season here. Do you have a feeling on which team you trust more? In a big spot, which team do you trust more, right? Because the Celtics, they're 13-0 at home, but they're 6-5 and on the road. So they have had some issues on the road so far. The Bruins, 10-2-1 at home, 9-3-3 on the road, plus 22 goal differential, which isn't great, especially when you compare it to teams like the Golden Knights and the Canucks, who are like plus 41 or right. something stupid like that. But they are 19-5-4. So right now, the two winter teams, in a big spot, which team do you actually trust more, the Bruins or the Celtics? Wow, I feel like sitting on the fence in this one because they're both Get off playing, the fence, I know, way. right? They're both playing really well. They're both showing the depth that they have. I think I have more trust in the Celtics right now over the Bruins, and it's not by much. It's not by much. Seeing, seeing, because again, with the Celtics, it's Porzingis is hurt. Okay, that didn't affect them in the least. You know what I mean? Yeah, they it's came like, out dominated. Right. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, and Holiday was dinged up for a little bit and. You know, Brown, J, uh, Jalen Brown's like, oh, he's got a knee issue. I, I didn't see any knee issue last night. You know what I that mean? That poster dunk. He was, was throwing no the ball. Yeah, he was throwing the ball down, moving really well last night. But I'm, uh, I'm leaning slightly towards the Celtics and me having more trust in them at this point. I would also have more faith in the Celtics, and it's not. Both teams are talented. Uh, I'm going to give the edge in this uh, mini argument to the coaching. Because I feel Ooh. like Joe Mazzulla, who I was Plus one Joe Mazzulla. not crazy about last year, to put it lightly, I think that Joe Mazzulla is more likely to say the things that need to be said in order to get through to this team. I think Joe Mazzulla learned a lot about where what he fell short in as a head coach. Don't give me that much credit. I, I'm, I'm going to have to, Joe. I, I Look, I'm not like happy with it. I wanted you fired into the sun last year. But as much as I like Jim Montgomery, um, and I think, you know, there are times where Jim can be publicly critical of his players. And I would say that of the two, I would probably, yeah, I'm going to go with Joe Mazzulla. I'm going to go with Joe Mazzulla to give his Celtics the push that they need because I feel like the Celtics are very aware of the issues that they have had, whether it's their struggles in the third quarter, whether it's how bad they were at the end of the year last year at home. I think Joe has done a good job of keeping his players aware of the things that they need to do and how they need to win. Um, that could all change because I don't feel like the Celtics have had one of those losses where I'm like, oh, my God, how did you screw this up? You were, you know, you were up to the Knicks or you were up to the Cavaliers and you, you know, you let it get away from you in the last four minutes. You know, if anything, I've seen them. I've, I've said many times like that was the game they lose last year. 
and they win it. And I still haven't had that one like, oh, my God, I can't believe you lost this game. So I'm going to begrudgingly give credit to Joe Missoula, I think. I, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to say the Bruins right now and it's hard because of what happened at the end of last year, but I think that's almost also the reason why I believe in this Bruins team right now because I I think I mean the majority of that roster was there last year and they know what happened and what went down and they they are very much uh it, I think that very much sticks in their minds that they don't want to have that same letdown. There doesn't they they can't be this same high and then immediately fall apart and and I think that kind of drives them a little bit and ultimately when it comes down to it it's like I think that in a big spot Jason Tatum is amazing but when it comes to that NHL team I will take pasta plus one of those goalies over Jason Tatum. It's all about having the mind of a goldfish. When it comes down to it like I I think give me pasta and Jeremy Swayman over Jason Tatum right the now. The psychology behind that is very interesting. Like, what's the bigger mo- – are you more motivated by being an all-time great regular season team and choking in the first round to what turned out to be a very good Florida Panthers team, which I did not believe at the time? Or is the stronger motivator losing in the Eastern Conference Finals after being down 3-1 – uh, and coming back to force a game seven to a team that you were so much more talented than. I think for me, I look at Tatum, and he's been to the Eastern Conference Finals now, what, five of the last six years or something like that? Four of the so last five? Ridiculous. So for me, like losing the Eastern Conference Finals isn't at a heartbreaker moment for him, quite like what last year was for this Bruins team. And so that's kind of why I lead to that being the bigger motivator for the Bruins. 617-779-7937 if you want to weigh in this morning on the Celtics or the Bruins. We will get into the Patriots. They square off with the Chiefs tomorrow at 1 o'clock at Gillette Stadium. Flexed out of Monday Night Football. Should have kept it. Zappy versus Mahomes is going to be good. Mm-hmm. But Joe Braverman will get you caught up on everything that's trending right now in the world of sports. You're never going to replace. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Well, as we talked about, despite being shorthanded, the Celtics moved to 13-0 at home with a 128-111 win over the Orlando Magic. Jason Tatum led the way with 30 points. Peyton Pritchard scored 21 off the bench, including 6 of 7 from 3. Jalen Brown talked after the game about the importance of what tonight's win means. I think this was the biggest game of the year so far. One, we had a, a bunch of guys out and on a back-to-back versus a team that's been kicking our ass the last four or five times we played. Um, so I think this was the biggest game to me so far. Season Magic will do battle once again tomorrow afternoon from TD Garden for the second of a home-and-home matchup. The Bruins got back to their winning ways, knocking off the Islanders 5-4 in a shootout. David Pochnock, Morgan Geeky, and James Van Riemsdyke each had a power play goal. Mason Lorai had the game-tying goal with four minutes to go in the third period. Bees will go on to win the shootout. 2-1, to one, they'll return home today to face the Rangers. Puck drop is set for 7 p.m. Final injury report has been released as the Pats prepare to host the Kansas City Chiefs. Ramondre Stevenson, the only player so far, been ruled out as he continues to deal with his high ankle sprain. Seven other players are listed as questionable. That'd be Christian Barmore, Trent Brown, Juwan Bentley, Devontae Parker, Matthew Slater, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Tyquan Thornton. Just another side note, Kayshawn Booty, Demario Douglas, Brendan Schooler, and Tyrone Wheatley Jr. were removed from the
the injury report. On the other side for Kansas City, running back Isaiah Pacheco will miss his second straight game with a shoulder injury, and offensive lineman Donovan Smith is also out with a neck injury. Pats and Chiefs will kick off from Gillette at 1 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. And staying in the NFL, Week 15 will continue today with a Saturday triple header. The Vikings will face the Bengals, the Steelers will battle the Colts, and the Broncos will go off against the Lions. We'll have Westwood One's coverage of all three games right here on 93.7 WEEI-FM, beginning at 12.30, following Cannon Curtis. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to the WEI Producer Show right here on Boston Sports Original WEI. This is Bruce, right? Yeah, this is definitely Bruce Springsteen. I think. I'm not sure. It might be off one of his, like, it might be a deep cut Bruce song. Yeah, yeah. some B-side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely 100%. a B-side. Yep, 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 yep. Definitely. Uh, 617-779-7937 if you want to weigh in this morning. We've been talking Bruins and Celtics. Going to get into some Patriots here uh, because I think the Patriots are at, at you know, 3-10. and 10, Still a very big story because I <laughs> who knows right. what the hell is going to happen so with this So many question team. marks. Oh, my God, it's remarkable. It was funny. After uh, we wrapped up yesterday, I was talking to uh, my Adam Jones, and it was like, wow, you know, that was it was a, a fun week. Historically, these, like, Thursday uh, night football games into... Oh, it drags. That, that it's like you're Especially looking for business. anything to talk about. And I didn't. it didn't even occur to me this year that, like, oh, yeah, like... We've already they gone through the week bye ago. week, and you know they haven't played since uh, you know two Thursdays ago, and it kind of just flew on by. And you're like, oh wow, they're going to be playing out there playing football again. Here we go, go football team. But yes, the the just the amount of of things to discuss with this football team is never ending. And as I was uh, talking before the show today about, you know, we were very positive when we started. Very much like, yeah, the Bruins and the Celtics and who we trust. Things are going good. We're we're, we're really impressed by these things. Wins. And then I'm also equally impressed that there are people like, like, Billy Lanny here. Guilty. Who think that Bill Belichick is going to be back next year. Like, I am impressed by that. Yeah. Out I of do. everything you have seen this year, 
Do you think that that Bill Belichick either I I and, and this is what I want to to hash out now is do you think that he will be back or do you think he should be back because those oh, are no, two no. very will different. And sh- will will and should are two different things. I think he will be back. I believe he will be back. I think Kraft will be like, all right, play out the contract, then send him off into the sunset. Wow, that's my feeling on it. Do you think Sh- he should, should be back? Should he be back? Probably not. Probably I think, not. I think he will be back. I think the quarterbacks are back. That's how I feel about the situation. Because I, I just I don't see, I can't see, and, and nobody buys the whole mutual potting of ways thing. Whenever it happens, we're like, An okay. An elegant you, dismount. <laughs> not happening. Dis- yeah, yeah. I don't think he's. I don't think there's going to be a fl- firing. I don't think there's going to be a mutual potting of the ways. I think they're like, all right, you have one more year. You have a top at least five draft pick to do something with. But you have one more chance to show me something. It's and that's hard, how I feel about it. It's hard to say though. Like, yeah, one more year. Here's my top five, top three draft pick that mm, could be the difference in the rest of my franchise's future. Yeah, but do you see? Okay, so the, then who do they bring in? Do you see somebody that can come? I see, off, I see that, you guys that can come off the street and where Kraft will be like, I trust you with this pick. More than he would trust Belichick with that pick. No, no, he. I, I, you're that, is how, to, is how to I'm your looking credit, at. Yeah, is that, to your credit, that's fine. I, I guess when it comes to a trust, yeah, I, I guess maybe not in Kraft's eyes, but like in my eyes, there's plenty of guys that I would trust as much, if not more, with this draft pick than Bill Belichick. I mean, because, the guy from San Diego they could bring in. You know what I mean? Brandon Staley like, sucks. No, 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 no. Bring him to Telesco. Telesco. Oh, oh, and. and Eh, I, 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 Telesco's fine. Like right, so it comes down to it's like, all right, fine. I think I'd rather have Bill making this selection than like bringing some guy in, trying to change a whole new system, change things around, and be like, and you have a top five. Well, because my thought is, is like this top five pick is going to be a quarterback. Like all things considered, for the most part, you're going to be top three probably, and it's probably going to be a quarterback because even if you end up third, Arizona's probably going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. or trade down, and you can easily just kind of swap with them and give them a couple picks to move around. So, like, for me, this is you are in prime position for the second quarterback in this draft, which is, by all accounts, one of the best picks you can possibly have. I don't know, offensively, if I want to trust that guy to Bill Belichick. And I, I don't know if Robert Kraft thinks that way, um, but I certainly do because offensively, Belichick has not done a great job drafting, especially over like the last 10 years, just from the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball, he has plenty of hits. So that's what I'm saying. So if, but, you, if they had, if the top of the draft had a couple linebackers, defensive ends, or a secondary player, then you'd be like, all right, fine, Belichick should stay. No, it will because I, because you need a quarterback. If you already had a quarterback, no, no, that's on the what I'm roster, saying though. Sure. I'm saying if you had a need on defense in this position, yeah. then you'd keep Belichick. Yeah, sure. Like it would make more sense to me to keep gotcha. Belichick All right. in that regard. That makes right? sense. I, I just I think you need a coach uh, who is more importantly than a GM. I'm not even over concerned. You can run it back with Matt Grow for a year as your actual GM if you want. I don't really give it. Right, you can do it by committee. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think it's more important for me that you get an offensive-minded coach to mold the young mind of a quarterback than anything else. That, to me, is the most important thing. So whether you want to try and lure Lincoln Riley out of USC or you want to go bring in Bobby Slowick from Houston, my guy, or you want to go bring Ben Johnson in from Detroit, like those are the kind of guys I would be targeting because it's guys that I know will work well with a young quarterback. So that's... that and. You you throw out a lot of like really compelling names. Like I think Bobby Slowick is really compelling. Uh, you know Frank Smith, Ben Johnson. Like there are a bunch of names out there of guys under the age of forty that have come up 
um, you know, coaching tight ends, co- uh, being an offensive coordinator, had some success doing that. Um, but all that being said, there's still going to be a healthy amount of competition for those guys. So how yeah. do you sell uh, how do you sell a prospective coach on this job? You because probably this have the- is not a little fixer upper coat of paint, you know, maybe do the shrubs out front. You can have yourself a nice house. This is going to be a full or at least it should be a full on tear down. You are changing culture. You are changing coaching staffs. You're changing the quarterback. Everything. Normally, it's one or the other. It's either the coach wins or the quarterback wins. More often than not, it's the quarterback and the coach ends up getting fired. It's very, very rare that you are moving on from, in theory, your general manager, your starting quarterback for the first 12 weeks of the season, and your head coach. That does not happen in football. And if it does, it's going to be a long, long time. So, you're, I guess, Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft. How do you go, okay, Bobby Slowick, okay, Ben Johnson, this is why you should come here instead of literally anywhere else? You see that lighthouse? <laughs> it's a really nice so, lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. done. Keep on driving. So we got, here's driving. We, well, you could, we can hook up Mario Kart to that big new screen we got. You, immediate, you <laughs> immediately, right now, when you look at the landscape of the job opportunities that will probably be available, you have the second or third most desirable spot. What and is that it, based on, though? Uh, it's based almost simply on is the it, fact that you have, you will be drafting a legitimate, or what you believe is a legitimate stud quarterback, right? So I need so autonomy. The, so the draft pick is the the selling point. Yes. Am I allowed to make that draft pick? Or well, so, or is the owner going to be making that draft pick so, for me? So let's, or the general manager some. you're bringing in, is that guy going well, to be making it for so me? So let's, let's assume that you're the second overall pick. You finish the season where you are, second overall pick. When Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft bring in a guy like Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick or Frank Smith, whatever, and they go, hey, look, here's the deal. We need a new quarterback. We think you are the right person to mold the mind of that quarterback and get him acclimated to the NFL game and really start to take this offense to a new place and in a new direction. And with that, you can we're going to draft the quarterback. Honestly, we don't have a choice which quarterback because the choice is going to be made for you with the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. The Bears are going to take either Caleb Williams or Drake May, and you are going to be given the second guy. So in all honesty, it's not like you're selling him on one particular guy. It's just the fact that you're selling him on one of these two quarterbacks, and you know that the, either of them are really going to be playing, hopefully, at an elite level when they come out because that's that's the idea. Both of these guys grade unbelievably high. They are the clear one and two guys in this draft, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinions, uh, and they can kind of be interchangeable. But regardless of that fact, they are very, very talented. And so ultimately, outside of the Chargers job, which is is actually very similar to yours, right? Because you have Justin Herbert, who by all accounts is like a top 10 quarterback in football, legit talent, awesome. But they're going to start running into some cap problems because of some of the contracts that Tom Telesco handed out. So they have some of their own issues that you have to deal with. Well, here in New England, we don't really have any albatross contracts uh-huh so we have a lot of money suspended yeah free agency. I'm, I'm looking at the books right now mr Kraft, and you've actually got a ton of top level uh people coming off the board uh this year uh hunter brown is uh, hunter brown hunter henry trent brown kendrick Bourne, mike gusecki jalen mills ezekiel elliott uh all those guys are unrestricted free agents and it seems like they're gonna walk now i would feel really now we i assume you were able to get draft picks for those guys i mean 
going into the trade deadline, like Kyle Duggar, like Kyle Duggar can't still be here. Josh Uche can't still be here, right? But I, see, I have draft picks to work with, don't I? Is it, well, I mean, you, you still have draft picks. It's it's all the same draft uh-huh. picks that you had. But regardless, like it's, I don't think it's. I think some of those guys coming off the books are good. You talked about there needs to be a change in culture. Getting rid of a guy like Trent Brown is going to help change your culture. Now, does it require you to kind of fix your offensive line a bit? Yes, but I think that's a doable job in today's NFL. I think you look around the league, I think NFL offensive lines are just, in general, playing worse than they have been across the board. This isn't offense, like a common thing. There's, offense in general has been playing it's, worse than it's ever been. It's, it's, it's few and far between like the elite offensive lines, and so you can put together you can cobble together a, an offensive line that'll work. Um, again, the biggest selling point is the quarterback. Uh, no albatross contracts, so you, you also have plenty of money to spend in free agency, and you're not like pot committed to anything or anyone. You can kind of mold things the way they were. Your defense, for the most part, is going to come back the way it is right now, and your defense is the best part of your team. Like, your defense is legitimately pretty good. Right, and you're getting Gonzalez and Judon back. Yes, exactly, and you'll get Gonzalez and Judon back for next year, 100%, Billy. And so, if you, as a head coach, bring in anybody as a like a good, serviceable defensive coordinator to help you out, you're going to have a, a top 15 defense, a top half of the league defense. I'm not going to say it's going to be elite, but you're going to have a top half of the league defense. And if you can rework this offense with your new young quarterback, you immediately have a future. Like there's immediate, there's an immediate path to success there. May, it may not be in the first year. It may be in the second year, but there is a, a, a clear and concise path to success. You look at Houston. They bring in a, they decided to bring in a defensive minded head coach along with Bobby Sloak to, take the offense. They draft a quarterback at number two. They got really frisky, traded back up to number three, and took Will Anderson. So now you have a cornerstone on offense and defense. Your defense is starting to come around after they played like dog doo-doo for the first six weeks. But D'Amico Ryans, good coach. Coach of the year. Getting that, yes, getting that defense into form. C.J. Stroud, absolute stud. And when you look at the talent Stroud had before the season, it's not like they blew you out of the water. They had Nico Collins, who had never had more than 500 yards in a single season in his career. And now he's lighting it up. Noah Brown was like the fifth receiver on the Cowboys. Like he was cut by the Cowboys because they had CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Jake Ferguson, uh, Michael Gallup. And Noah, so Noah Brown was not getting snaps. And then Devin Singletary was just a, a washout from Buffalo. Damian Pierce has been kind of meh. Like he's been good, but not great. And then you hit on Tank Dell in the third round. The Patriots could hit on a receiver in the third round with a new GM. Uh, there's that chance. With Belichick, I find it hard to believe that you're going to hit on a receiver in the third round. Again, because of the difficulty drafting offensive talent. Houston is the interesting uh, team in this whole experiment because it shows that you can win with good. Like, you don't need to be great across yeah. the board. If you're good with a, you know, who I think will be a great quarterback, you can win. As far as the competition goes for all of these, you know, and these are just the vacancies that are, are here now. Yeah, available. Correct. I mean, is it right now is the Chargers the most desired? Assuming that the Patriots will have a vacancy in a couple of weeks. I think the Bears job is the most desirable at the moment, which is which sounds weird because the Chicago Bears, especially in recent history, have, have just kind of been a giant question right now with what they are going to be doing with their quarterback Well, see, as well. if you move on from your coach, to me that indicates you're moving on from your quarterback, but... Again, you mentioned trade assets earlier. You can flip fields for a second or third round pick right now. You can't flip Mac Jones for a second or third round pick. That's the that, difference. It, it looks like day three and, at and the best. Like Chicago, you look at them right now, their defense has come together in the second half of the season. They're playing like legit football. Um, DJ Moore, 
good receiver, uh, legitimate talent there. Roshan Johnson, like that committee they have at running back is fine. Their offensive line is kind of pieced together okay so far. I like so Cole Komet. The idea is, is if you're the Bears, you have two top ten picks. You draft Caleb Williams at one. With your other pick, you draft like Roma, Dun- Roma, Roma Dunze from uh, Washington, and boom, you now have a uh, stud quarterback in Caleb Williams, let's say. Roma Dunze, a young Great rookie wide receiver plus DJ Moore and Cole uh-huh. Komet at tight end. So, like, you have a lot of offensive talent as well as a defense that has started to come together for them. So, I think right now, Chicago to me seems like the most desirable, but I would say LA is probably right behind them, specifically and only because of Justin Herbert. And then you have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, which is nice. Uh, and then the Patriots would probably be number three. It's but, a, I'm sorry, go oh, ahead. No, no, like, I was going to say, that, and for me, the way I look at it is like with the Bears, like, that's a historic franchise. You know what I mean? So like yeah. so there are going to be people who will be like, "Wow, I have a chance to to work coach. for the Chicago Bears." Right, exactly. So I think that plays a role, especially when you oh, the Chargers, whatever. You know what I mean? Like they've moved here. They 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 this They, had, they have no fans in the sand. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying like you look LA, at things like there yeah, might be guys out that? there that are like, "Wow, yeah, to, they play home to g- get a chance to coach a franchise like the Bears, I'm going to jump on that opportunity." They play home games where there's more fans of the other team in their yeah, stadium. Right. Like, that's the tough part about it. It's a travel destination. 100%. Um, so that leads me into what I've been kind of mulling around is all of this really started with, uh, and I don't know if it can be constituted as a report, but when Tommy Curran speaks on issues with the Patriots, I am inclined to listen. I am as well. And it sounds, and, and I'm really more astounded by the people that don't, that just go, I don't believe him. I'm like, well, who do you know? Here, Tommy Curran's been covering this football team for a quarter century. Who do you know that is more tied in? I'll wait. I will wait because there's no chance that you have better sources. Random call than from he Random does. City who calls in. <laughs> so the idea that oh my god, that made me crazy this week. The amount of people that were like, nope, it's fine. Bill's not going anywhere. And I think the idea that everything is turned the way it has was not just based on what happened in the Indianapolis game. If you listen to what Tommy Curran is saying, this was a decision that was made for many, many, many reasons. Uh, Obviously, the team being as bad as it is, the the decisions that were made, how public and bad these, these losses were. And you fast forward to now, and I think it's very interesting that there is still a healthy majority of people out there that think that Bill Belichick is going to be back. Apparently, D-G-A-F, Tommy Curran. Apparently, we have a, a, a bet going on, Shime, between your radio program and my radio uh, program. Uh, they, that's, a, that's a Wiggy-specific bet. That has nothing to do with because me. Because Wiggy... There may be a che- like wheel of cheese involved, I don't but it doesn't involve me. Oh, see, I, Go on. To my understanding, <laughs> it was a cheese whale. Oh, I well, want to bad. believe that we are trying to find this mythical creature uh, a that is a, that's a, my Moby Dick. a danger... <laughs> to all the lactose intolerant fishes of the ocean, uh, a baby cheese whale. Uh, but it's, it's really just the idea that, that Wiggy is so dead set on Bill Belichick coming back. And I think that there has been something very, very weird going on that because the last thing that we have had to see this year is a Patriots win that everyone's feeling really, really good about the state of this team this year. So this, as we go into this break, I want you guys to think about this. Human cheese whale. Yes, a human <laughs> cheese whale. I don't know what a that human means. Cheese whale? I don't know what that looks like, but apparently someone's going to be strapped to it if Bill Belichick is back <laughs> or not. Details, who needs them? But I want you guys to think yes. about this, uh, right Shyman Lanny. 
if an incredible flourish could save Bill Belichick's job, could an incredible face plant end up costing him his job? Ooh, like Chargers kind of face plant. Chargers like on Thursday night football. Okay. All right. We will get to that coming up next year on the producer show, 617-779-7937 if you want to weigh in. Ken and Curtis will be following us right at 9 o'clock as well. Holy sh! We are witnessing a baby f***ing cheese well right here, dude. By the end of the season, they were furious, and they needed to hear the right things from Bill at the end of last season, or else it might have ended there. Um, from what I understand, Bill said the right things. They were like, okay, he set a new course. He, he admitted that, uh, that he underestimated what the offense needed, how much Josh McDaniels had done for him, but he was, he was willing to be open to corrections with Billy O'Brien. And so when they went into 20, 2023, if you look at all the tea leaves in terms of they have so many top-tier free agents that have not been extended. To me, it looked like, okay, the craft said to Bill, you get your, you got your mulligan, okay? But if it doesn't work this season, you got a chance to, to put it on its right tracks. If it doesn't work this season, we all know where this is going. Leave 2024 to somebody else. We'll make that decision when we get there. Picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers and I'm a open morale. I can see my baby tonight. This is the WEI producer show on Boston Sports Original. She's well. Fair enough. Well done. Well done. Great song. That uh, <laughs> not the not the cheese wheel drop, but the uh, the clip you heard before was uh, Greg Bedard talking about Bill Belichick. And so Ryan asked this question before the break: Can a big flourish keep Bill Belichick, or could a massive face plant, face plant. get him fired midseason? I think no to both. Uh, to be completely honest with you, I don't think a flourish can save his ass. I don't think a face plant will send him out. And I, and I think the face plant thing is specifically just kind of a, a respect thing between him and Kraft. I just think Kraft is going to let the season play out. And then it's like, all right, we're both going to go our separate ways. See ya. It's not going to be uh, an elegant uncoupling, but it will be a departure for sure. Uh, and I, I don't think. I think if you win a couple games, like if you beat the Chiefs tomorrow oh, and so like annoyed. and beat the beat the Bills and the Jets or something and win like five six games and on the season, all of a sudden, up your yes, that's what's gonna piss me off. You're gonna be like, oh yeah, look at this, we won like three games to end the season. That's not we that's beat not a the Broncos flourish. nine to six. We kicked three field goals. No, unfortunately, gave up six points. Oh great, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm just saying, like if, yeah. you, if you put up defensive, if you do good defensive performances these past couple weeks, oh, I don't want to see it. Like. I, kinda, no, I know you don't, but I mean, it could it could easily happen. Like the Chiefs are kind of, I don't know, struggling a little bit. We'll yeah, say, con- you know honest, what I mean. I do want to so see, like, see them beat the Chiefs. They I don't want to see them win any other games the rest of the season. Right. I really want to see. But them I think beat the I think tomorrow. I think defensive performances these past four weeks will kind of be like, all right, we'll bring them back. There will be nothing left of of Bailey Zappi except a smoldering crater and a pair of <laughs> size eleven football cleats. I, he, he is going to come crashing back down to earth in in grand fashion. And, and, and look, it's not going to okay. be his fault. It's just it, he is what he is. He's a little plucky, uh, you know, little mini gunslinger. Fine, whatever. He's going to get his doors blown in by by this the the pass rush of, of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not his fault. You can't be mad at the backup because he's not playing well. He's the backup. It's fine. He was a backup for he, they cut him for a reason at the beginning of the season. Like but it's not Bailey Zappi is not some great shakes. It's, I really it's 
this has been a very, very interesting, you know, as we talked about in the last segment, like it didn't really feel like another bye week like it normally does because of the amount of information that is coming out in regards to Bill Belichick. And I thought what Greg Bedard was saying with Dan Patrick was really interesting. This is, you, you are seeing the second chance. We are living it right now in real time. And by the way, on a human level, I hate it. I really do like Bill Belichick, and like it's going to suck to look back in five years and be like, "Wow, it ended like this." Right? Yep. Remember how bad? Agree. Remember how bad that twenty twenty three season was? Oh my god, I can't believe it, and it's unfortunate. Like I don't love doing it, but it's happening right now, and we have to talk about it. And the issue too is though is Belichick put himself in this position, and, and like that's more so than anybody exactly. else. Like it's it's hard to when you, you're right five years from now when you look back on this and be like, "Damn, really ended like that." But at the same time, like. Belichick is the reason they are where they are. There were some whispers around the building uh, within the last few weeks. This is something I heard Andrew Callahan say, that Bill Belichick was interested in running it back with Matt Patricia, which is astounding to think that he would look at how bad things went and just really how much he took Josh McDaniels for granted on offense. And I think he realized that now. So I think what Greg Bedard is saying, like, this is it. You can figure this out because of everything that you have done for this franchise, all the amazing football moments that your coaching has brought to this region because of that, because of how incredibly incompetent this team was last year. How you managed to destroy a first-round quarterback. He is completely unsalvageable. His smoldering shoes are already in the dumpster. We will never see him play a snap here ever again. Based on all of that, we should have fired you. But because of who you are this year, regardless of what happens, this is your last chance. And I think it is interesting. I heard Burt Breer tell um, Rich Eisen that Bill Belichick and Gerard Mayo's contracts basically expire around the same time. And I'm led to believe something to the contrary that I didn't think was that Robert Kraft did have a plan. Robert Kraft, I think planned for this is going to go well we're probably not winning the super bowl this year guys so you don't need to you know book the duck boats for february but you know chances are we're going to be a good team you know we'll probably make the playoffs we're probably going to lose in the playoffs to one of these top level teams like baltimore or kansas city and then at that point we can have a nice send-off and because gerard mayo's contract is now up we can pencil him in to be the next head coach of the new england patriots well Things have changed in in grand, dramatic fashion. You are now a three-win team. You are the worst football team in the AFC, if not the entire NFL. By far, Shine. And at that point, Robert Kraft has to be going, what the hell am I going to do now? Because, unfortunately, Gerard Mayo is culpable in this. Every single person that is in that building is culpable for how things have gone this year. I I don't disagree, but... Like at least, like it shouldn't be in. His, and I'm saying in Robert Kraft's mind, it should not be a slam dunk that they have the next guy in house. But what oh, that I 100 agree is with. He doesn't want to go outside of this organization. But that, I like Gerard Mayo, and I wanted Gerard Mayo to be the head coach here. That was before this season. I it, I just think if you were ever going to have a reset, this is the time. You have been given this opportunity to completely change things for the better. Like, that's the thing. Things can be better than this. You don't have to run it back with Bill Belichick again. You don't have to run it back with Mac Jones again. You can just completely sever ties. Go to Los Angeles. Go with Kellen Moore. Let Kellen Moore run that offense. Let him be a big fan of the air Coriel. Fine. Don't 
touch Justin Herbert, Bill. Don't talk to him. Don't look at him. Don't do anything. Just let Kellen Moore do his thing, and you will eventually catch Don Shula. I think that could happen. I would be happy if Tom Telesco came here because he can't be worse than anything else you have had so far. At least he is hit on a draft. You have nothing to show from the draft for the last four years, guys. All that being said, Shime, you nailed it. There is no amount of good and there is no amount of bad at this point. We are just going to sit back and watch the last four weeks of the, of the season happen and just be grateful for the 20-plus years of success you had because Bill Belichick was, in fact, a part of it. And I hope they beat the and Chiefs the tomorrow, end. but this that's about end. it. The end. That, that's about it. I want them to beat the Chiefs and lose the rest of the games because I think the Cardinals will win one or two down the way. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning to the WEI Producer Show. This has been Shime, Lanny, and Garvin with you. We will be back next Saturday morning for you. Uh, enjoy Ken and Curtis next. See ya. See ya. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.